0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me at the table is Jenny. Hello. And 101 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Hi, Megan.
1: You kind of sound like you're, like, whispering, like this is, like, a late night, like, after dark. AEW, after
0: dark. We're in the morning. I know. We're in the morning time. Um, pardon me. So, we have things to talk about today. You know, being the elite. We have dynamite. We have readings news from last week, which seem dire on the surface, but are not so when you kind of dive into it, which we'll get into, and we've got kind of a look at where This weird schedule is heading in the next few weeks, but uh, we like to start things off the same way here every week, and this is no different. Jenny, what are we doing?
2: It's
1: the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Well, this week, I have what I won in my champagne bet from last week's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. As you remember, I won eight to six. Seven. We got well, seven. Well, you guys got
2: a bonus point. I don't think that it should count for a full point. <coughs> Wait, it's called a bonus point, not a bonus half point. <laughs> it's
0: true.
2: But I
1: got eight of the matches right.
2: Eight out of ten. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so I treated myself, treat yourself, to a Ruinart rose champagne. Such a pretty bottle. So Ruinart is actually the oldest champagnery in champagne
0: yeah region that's true
1: and it is a
2: beautiful bottle
0: and it's a delicious bottle
2: yes let me open it up here <laughs> oh and it's aggressively bubbling out of the bottle <laughs> not too
0: much. yeah just just a bit i'll just dab it her yeah. off megan what do you got for us this week in cincinnati ohio
2: um I got a less fancy bottle, but one I still love, and it's a mum Brut Rose, because for some reason, the Kroger in my area continues to have it on sale, and Seriously? I love it.
0: 10 bucks or whatever?
2: This week it was 12, but like still, that's a pretty decent sale. It's not on
1: sale. I've gone in twice to my Kroger, and it is like the nineteen ninety nine amount at my Kroger.
2: Well, it's very possible that my Kroger is like... We've had these sitting on the shelf for too long, and now we have to liquidate. So I don't know if I'm getting the freshest mum, but it's $12, and I'm not going to turn it down. Well, feel free to
1: liquidate on up to Columbus, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Your delicate palate might taste the difference. I don't know. But, we'll yeah, we can can see about that. So, all right. Classic mum. Here we go. Oh, had to manhandle it a little. I don't know if that indicates oldness or
0: what. Megan, you know what? Um, you know what I had at dinner last night? I had two glasses of Reingeist Truth, which is uh, an old favorite of yours that has been your pop of the week before.
2: Ah, nice. And will probably be again because it is extremely hot outside. And that's when I start to get into the beer a
0: little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers, everyone. Jenny, enjoy your champagne.
1: I'm uh, not sharing it
0: because I want it. Well, I've got a I've got a slurricane to drink this afternoon, so I need to I need to save my my reserves. Now, what's
2: a slurricane, Andy? Yeah, God it's knows a, people a, don't know what it is.
0: So a hurricane is a rum cocktail, and this is uh, West Coast rapper E40's uh, spin on it, and. Uh, it's a slurricane. It's a. It's very much like your uh, skinny girl margaritas, and it is a pre-mixed cocktail.
2: Oh, yeah. So you just, you don't have to add anything to it. You just pour yeah, it out in it, right? Pour and go,
0: yeah.
2: That sounds pretty dangerous because I know skinny girl's pretty dangerous.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. Ooh.
2: Yeah. Slurricane.
0: <laughs> Good luck, Megan. Slurricane with that. indeed, Megan. <laughs> All right, let us speak about being the elite. Uh, episode 258, entitled Double or Nothing 2021. Any any thoughts on the episode, Megan?
2: Um. Well, this is kind of like any time they do after the, the pay-per-view. It's very heavily filled with clips of the pay-per-view <laughs> happening. Um, but I thought the highlight of non-pay-per-view things on this one was that the belt is back and we are getting the first official BTE title belt defense since Sammy stole it like many, many months ago at this point. And um, what they do is Brandon Cutler, the current champ, challenges Ryan Nemeth, Hollywood hunk, um, who seems to be the, the man that the wingmen put forward as <laughs> their team representative um, but he gets challenged to what looks like a little like desktop basketball game where you um you flick basketballs into a little mini hoop like there's a little like lever and I, I guess a lot of it it looked to me like it, if you hit it just right you're destined to to get the point no matter what it didn't seem like there was much skill involved but um uh, Ryan nemeth failed to win with only six out of ten shots going in. And Brandon Cutler retaining with seven of ten shots going in. And Ryan's team claimed that one of the basketballs appeared to be weighted because he did seem to make every shot except for when one of them went into the little, like, finger launcher thingy-majig. So, I don't know how legit this is, but it's a shoot contest, so Cutler remains our champ. That's a Tom Brady conspiracy. It's Yeah, it's plastic basketball gate or whatever (laughs) the hell those things are.
0: There was a lot of drama in it, though, because Brandon started off kind of rough on his on his go round, and the, but then he got into a groove to catch yeah. up.
2: I didn't know if mathematically they were going to be able to in their heads do it. Like, like he's lost too many shots to even be able to win because it just seemed like they were going hardcore. Um, but I appreciated that this was a very quick contest; did not require a lot of like outside effort. It was just here's this game that's already set up you get 10 shots, and then it's over. So this BT title belt defense was maybe one of the fastest we've seen in history.
0: Do you think that the amount of basketball content in this episode, appearing in three different segments, um, was a co-promotional effort with TNT's NBA playoff coverage?
2: Um, Almost certainly. Where is Shaq? Why is he not doing trick shots with Nick Jackson? (laughs) Why is he not trying to get that title belt with this little mini desk Top basketball game. Answer me, TNT. Answer me now.
0: And the third one was, you know, they were clearly having they were having the fan fest on Saturday. They were about to do, I think, like action figure or wrestling buddy reveals. And Kenny was supposed to be out there, but he insisted that he that he like like swish a uh, a shot with with just net, no rim, uh, before he go out there. And Nick said that it took no less than 15 minutes for him to accomplish this. And he refused to leave the room, even when they were calling him.
2: Yes. That's I guess, so rude to do to your fans. I mean, as EVP, I guess he can make that call. It's even more rude because we saw him make a shot, but it touched the rim, so he wasn't... He didn't count it. <laughs> so he had to continue shooting.
0: That fan fest looked cool. Like It looked like it had some good displays and stuff going for you know. what was kind of a, a little bit of a ramshackle thing. And for a company that only has less than two years of history (laughs) no i guess exactly two years of history yeah
1: that infuriates me that he did that because i remember being at that strokes concert and that lead singer was so fucked up that he was 45 45 minutes late to being on the stage
2: well i will say at least he remembered the lyrics to the songs Because one time I saw a Vines concert and the lead singer was fucked up beyond all belief. Didn't know the lyrics, uh eventually just threw his guitar into the air, and then uh the band all sullenly left the stage looking pretty sad and the concert ended very early. So <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been worse. But yeah, um Kenny I I don't know how important his entrance was because it looked like on the TV they had with the live show in the background of the fan thing um, that that Justin uh, was announcing things. And um, so maybe he wasn't, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, but the Fan Fest did look very cool. And for a year and change of not having these sort of meet and greet events, I bet the people that got to attend were super hyped because... It's kind of the biggest thing they've done in a long time.
0: So. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I got to say something about the Wrestling Buddies. <laughs> they're, they're so small. I had, WWF made the original Wrestling Buddies in the late 80s the early 90s. And I had an Ultimate Warrior one, which, looking back, is very problematic. Uh, and I had a Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase one. I had So I had these two wrestling buddies, and they were about, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, 18 inches.
1: Are you sure it's not because you were a child then, and now you're an adult? Like, sometimes I, things feel smaller now.
2: Yeah, I feel like perspective could be an issue, because when I saw these things, I thought, oh, those are decent size. They're, like, the size of a stuffed animal,
0: right? Okay, no, they were 26 inches tall. Okay. And these new AEW ones are very much smaller than that. You cannot do wrestling moves on these things. I can suplex my wrestling legs.
2: I mean, you didn't follow WWE's warning that these are professional moves that should not be done at home. If that's <laughs> the case.
0: Megan, and I, will, I will have you know that I would never go against the um, recommendations of uh, WWF. And they did not start producing that video until, like, seven or eight years later. So, After I plenty was, of kids had, was,
2: had damaged themselves on their wrestling buddies.
0: Yeah, I was in the clear, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: But many... I had I had a four-poster bed as a child. and That sounds dangerous. And many a time, I would climb up onto the, uh, like, kind of shimmy up the, the pole of one of the posters... And deliver a, uh, a Randy Savage flying elbow drop uh, onto my wrestling buddy into the center of the bed.
2: <laughs> this is why children shouldn't watch wrestling. This is a wrestling podcast where we exclusively watch wrestling. So um, Jenny we're doesn't represent children. all of our opinions, I guess.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're not children. So
2: that is horrifying
1: what you just told me.
0: I mean,
2: Jenny, kids find a way to be dangerous and do stupid things without TV influences. Did you never climb a tree or go in, like, lakes and creeks and stuff? And I don't know. I'm sure you've done something dangerous that wasn't on television to influence you. Sure.
1: But, like, I mean, Andy shimmied up his four-poster bed to do wrestling moves. Samuel Guevara got on his mom's roof. To do wrestling moves.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just that. It's
2: just, it sounds dangerous. Well, now Sammy Guevara is making a buttload of money and is on TV every week. So I think it works out sometimes. Why couldn't you parlay that into? I think we ever would have met
0: if I had known that, that bad. <laughs> All right. So that was being the lead. Uh, oh. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: I did have one more thing and I'm, I'm not sure if it's a question, so much. Um, the young bucks—they're paying off Rick Knox. Is the implication they couldn't have beaten Moxley and Kingston on their own?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. They did a whole setup with uh, where Rick Knox uh, picked up a, a payoff at the airport.
1: I mean, we know that they've been paying
2: him off for years.
0: I mean, and that they are his employer. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. They technically have to because he does work every week. Um, but I was I was a little confused by this just because their win didn't seem to be colored by uh, referee issues. So, is this setting up future things, or did I miss something in that match?
0: Um, I don't know if you missed something in the match. I think I think maybe Jim Ross made some kind of comment and they decided to respond to it on BTE, like with that segment.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
0: It's kind of weird, but you know, whatever. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they were clearly at the airport, clearly just setting it on a counter and then being like, I hope nobody saw us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the ratings, the dynamite ratings. Um, I had it here. Hold on, I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. It's a Friday show and you implied we're going to be disappointed by... What those ratings are? So,
0: yeah, they're not great. Um, yeah,
2: when your show airs at Friday at ten, I feel like you probably don't expect them to be great.
0: Yeah, so it, it was the lowest number in history of uh, Dynamite.
2: Wow. Uh, average
0: five hundred twenty six thousand viewers. Ooh. Uh, so here's here's the good news. The good news is. They did a 0.2 in the demo, still. Um, meanwhile, NXT on Tuesday, unopposed in its regular time slot, did a 0.13 in the demo. So they still destroyed NXT in the demo, even with an unfamiliar night and a two-hour later time slot. Hmm. What and, happened
2: to NXT? Jeez.
0: I mean, it's just, it's just dying on the vine.
2: Ugh that's really rough that it, sad for them but ugh.
0: yeah um but yeah so i think i think this week's number will be up just because there'll be some more familiarity with the night now but but uh you know they they need to it'll be better next year when they're on tbs and don't have to worry about these these uh preemptions for the playoffs
2: And they'll have Rampage that's already on Friday, so... Oh,
0: that's true, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting, like, when we see what kind of level of rating that show settles in at, I wonder if that's when they ultimately make the decision on how important a show that is. Like, do you, you, like, really... Okay, because, not to bury the lead, but this Dynamite that we're going to talk about here in a second, I do feel like everything important they loaded up in the first 30 minutes and then it was just kind of like i don't know just kind of spinning their wheels for the rest of the show because i think because i don't have the quarter hour ratings for last week but i'm guessing that it probably peaked at the beginning and then trailed off very quickly so you want you you want to probably get since you're starting at 10 you want to get your all the important stuff into your viewers heads right away before they drop off
2: yeah, if I'm looking at the rundown here, um, and just my my feelings on the main event, which I know are probably different than yours, but of all main events on Dynamites, it was um, not one of the ones I would consider the strongest, So, but we'll get to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and in fact, we will get to it right now, uh, because uh, this is where I am going to briefly recap Dynamite, and Megan, you're going to throw in... Any comments you have, and Jenny, uh, likewise, as Jenny actually got to watch the show this week.
2: Yay! Um, Always helpful on a yes. episode where we recap a show. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is the dynamite uh, for June fourth, two thousand and twenty-one. Uh, we're still in Jacksonville. That will not. We will not be able to say that every week for too much longer, um, as they are hitting the road next month, and they actually. They actually added a date. They, they are going to North Carolina in July to the Bojangles Coliseum. So I think that I think that flushes out their uh, their July schedule. What if Brad Shoemaker will be there? Um, I hope so. <laughs> we opened with a non-title match between the Young Bucks uh, taking on the Death Triangle duo of Pack and Penta. Uh, they told us that John Moxley had been taken out with multiple BTE triggers. And likewise, uh, Phoenix had been taken out backstage by a BTE trigger with footage that Brandon Cutler shot, but they were not going to show it on Dynamite. And I imagine we'll probably see that on Being the Elite is, what, is the, way, the way they kind of talked about that.
1: Had to explain away some paternity and sick leave.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this, this, was the, uh, this was the action-packed match that you would expect. I thought it was very good. Um, there was they really got me on the near fall with the Black Arrow after the Penta Driver because I just thought, oh, it's a non-title match, so they can beat the Young Bucks here. But that was not the finish. And in fact, uh, Brandon Cutler knocked Pack off the top of her turnbuckle with his camera uh, as Pack was going for a second Black Arrow, and Nick Jackson uh, pinned him. So.
1: Guys, I can't with these, like, super heel bucks. They're just trying too hard to be heels, and I'm not liking it. Like, I can't look at Nick like I used to anymore. It's just that hair, that beard. I can't look at him anymore. And and they won't do any of their good moves, and we can't have the Nick Jackson hot tag. Like, this is awful. They're ruining dynamite for me.
2: Ruining it. <laughs> Sorry. You, you, I think you're alone on this island because I think the young folks' as heels are incredibly entertaining. I don't like looking at Nick Jackson, but I'm pretty sure that's the reaction he wants with his well, stupid hair. I know, hair. They're, I
1: know <laughs> that they're getting the reaction they want, but like, they would—they did such a good job of like. When they were still faces, they would play heels at least half, if not more, of the time during their matches. But they still did all their cool moves, and they still Nick Jackson still looked good.
2: He'll be back. I mean, look, you know, other heels have gotten to do cool moves. He'll be back. I do think that their attitude is very funny, and I'm afraid I have to disagree with your assessment of them. But it is your opinion, so I'm just... You know, we're not on the same page on that one. I think that it was so funny the way they, like, Matt Jackson struts around and, like, plays to the camera. I love that. And, you know, they also were, like, sort of seriously mean when they tried to rip Penta's mask off. Not once, but twice. Because he had two masks. Because he knew. He knew what he was going up against. So (laughs) He
0: learned from what had happened to uh, his brother.
2: Yeah, so, like, I love that they can be comedy, but also they can they can really still be super mean boys in a serious way to try and win. Um, So I, I'm riding the Young Bucks bad guy wave. Um, I'm not with you, Jenny. I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry.
0: Uh, after the match, the Bucks were uh, going to give Penta the BTE trigger, but Eddie Kingston, of all people, ran in and made the save, and... Uh, chased off the Bucks. Oh, I should mention that right when this match started, like actually before it started, Michael Nagazawa, uh got jumped by the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian, uh, who then ran off and that pulled the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows away from uh, ringside. So uh, that's, that's still going somewhere. I like the elite hunter.
2: I do too. It sounds like the Predator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, next up, We had Tony Schiavone in the ring calling out the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, uh, talking about, you know, like, Rampage coming up in August and how he's going to be an analyst on that show. And Tony asked Mark if he plans on returning to the ring, and he, uh, he didn't give a direct answer, but he did say that he has a lot left in the tank. So, which, when he did his famous fake retirement angle, where he like ended up turning on John Cena and like uh, giving him the world's strongest slam, that is the line he used uh, Like when he was screaming at Cena afterwards. He screamed, I got a lot left in the tank. So, playing on that a little bit. And then more WWE nostalgia is Vicky Guerrero interrupted. Uh, and I have to say, I have to say, so this is the first time that Vicky has worked for me in AEW like fully, and I think it's because there are fans there. Who can actually cause she is really good at getting heat.
1: So I I agree with you that she's good at getting reaction. However, I think they misused her here because it's really difficult to understand her when she's screeching. And I think a lot of people, including me, missed what she was saying for this big reveal. And like the announcers had to had to repeat it.
0: Right.
2: I I would agree with Jenny. I don't think, I think maybe Vicky, maybe the crowd being back threw Vicky off a little bit because, you know, she hasn't had to work with that. And she used to be so in tune with timing, but her delivery on this one, like her excuse me's were great. She got the reaction she wanted there. But then when she said her announcement, which I'm sure Andy's going to get to, um, it almost got, oh, okay, we'll we'll move on. Um, But it almost got lost kind of like in the, the noise of the crowd booing the excuse me's which is what is good that's what she's going for but she kind of like transitioned into the announcement a little quick and I felt like it was a little lost I'm like wait did she say what she said and then there was a beat where the the person she announced wasn't there and so I was like wait was she lying and then (laughs) it it just the timing it felt very awkward in a way that was like we're a little off on this guys yeah not that the announcement was bad or what happened was bad but like the way it occurred, it was a little bumpy.
1: But I think that the announcement got, like, a warm response, but not a hot response, and I think it was because of this weird timing.
2: Yes. Yes. What was the announcement?
0: So and the announcement was, was that she has brought in Andrade El Idolo, and uh, did you, did you, uh, so did, when she said it, did you have any idea what she was talking about? Could you, could you figure out what she said?
2: I heard Andrade, and I was like, "Oh, okay. I know who Andrade is." And then people in the crowd, like they cut to the crowd, and while the sound was not, they were kind of like, Ooh. "People!" I saw multiple shots of people just grabbing their head and be like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> and then he comes out looking fly as hell in that suit, and I yeah. was like, "Hell yeah! Yep, okay, okay, we got a thing here."
0: Did you watch the video of him suplexing his future father-in-law into the into the water?
2: I did. You texted me that, okay, and I was, like, yeah. so touched and so cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you to, it's funny, because you can hear Charlotte, like, she's obviously filming it, and you can hear her kind of, like, talking. There you yeah, go. It was great. Um, yeah, so Andrade comes out. He is wearing the... It's
1: a hunter green. It's a
0: hunter green, Beautiful. gorgeous suit. And he's okay. got this fucking fly El Santo necklace on. Oh, my God. He looked, he looked like, such a star. And he's wearing these sunglasses that are like they're like straight out of like Ric Flair in like nineteen eighty six. what what like this guy just looks like a superstar.
2: Yeah, he was like dripping with money, which yeah doesn't sound like a great compliment, but it is like yeah. I didn't. Well, he's got I that Charlotte Flair money now. Oh yeah, but he just he looked awesome. He held himself off like very well, and then he gave a very short but very, like, powerful, I want to say. Just quick promo. And I was like, yes, I'm all in. I will cheer for you. Who will you be fighting? I hope it's Cody. Because <laughs> he needs to be put in his place. <laughs> I hope you're going to destroy Cody. I'm all
1: in on this. I, I, I actually enjoyed him on WWE. I do hope that his partner comes with him, Selena. Yeah. Uh, because I loved her her Karatas. Yeah.
0: I my only hesitation with this is that I don't know that I like the pairing with Vicky. It would be kind of cool if Selena came and just like, and like they just kind of like kicked Vicky to the curb. Yeah, like that. Idea. Let's do that. Like you know, um, but uh, other than that, no, I thought this was good. I thought it was a little awkward because people couldn't understand what Vicky was saying. But he's like he's I, I think he. Is going to be a really solid contributor to the roster.
2: Yeah, I was I was happy to see him. I definitely wasn't expecting it, just because he wasn't in front of mind on the list of people that got released. I was like, "Give me some Aleister Black, please, <laughs> please." And if Zelina Vega comes over, maybe he will too. But um, because yeah. you know they're married. But right. I I was like, "All right, Andrade." I, I didn't get to see much of his run in NXT, and then I never watched the main roster when he moved up there. So it was kind of like I know this guy's good, but I haven't seen him do much like live.
0: I think I think when you came back to NXT, you the first takeover you saw from the you know the like the 2018 era that you started back watching with with us was him losing the title to Aleister Black, and then. And then I think the next night, because it was like after WrestleMania, he went up to the main roster and yeah. never saw him again. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. But like the clips of him that they showed in the video package for yeah. that match, I was like, oh, yeah, he seems cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing what he can do here. And again, I hope it beat up Cody a little bit. He needs it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, next up, we've got a tag team match. Uh, it's Cody Rhodes and Shoddy Lee Johnson against QT Marshall and Anthony GoGo as the factory versus the uh, family feud continues. And uh, this time, uh, QT got his pen back on Cody uh, with Anthony Gogo coming in and knocking Cody out with a uh, kind of a... They call it a cheap shot, but, I mean, I mean he, he didn't hit him with a object or anything. He just used his silver medal winning hand. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I don't know. It wasn't a lot to the match, I didn't think. But, I, you know, I guess this feud just continues. And I'm not. That's another thing about this episode of Dynamite. It just seems like instead of starting a bunch of new directions, it seems like they're continuing a lot of. You know, I like that. I like that, like, the pay per view ends a bunch of feuds and then you have new directions starting but it seems like we're just getting a lot of continuations coming off this pay-per-view
2: yeah, including, maybe.
0: including this factory versus family feud
2: and maybe they just like weren't confident with the ratings but they also announced these matches like on the pay-per-view so they could have probably tried to entice people with something more varied and new <laughs> at that time instead of just being like yeah, we'll just do... It, it feels very WWE. We'll just do the same matches we did on the pay-per-view, but, like, kind of different. You don't have to pay for these. you know? Yeah. And it just doesn't
1: make sense what they're doing with A. go-go. Like, if you want him to be a star, which I think he's very well capable of being a star, yep. um, then you let him beat Cody at the pay-per-view, then you set up this, you know, feud, and then let QT... Or, I'm sorry, then you let Cody beat QT in this uh, tag team match.
0: Yeah.
1: It just doesn't make sense what they did. I don't
2: know. No, I, I agree. I didn't know if it was my residual bitterness over the way the pay-per-view match went. But I just was like, the announced team were talking up a go-go. They're saying, like, oh, this is only his second match. He's making, you know, he looks great for being only two matches in and like cody had to put up the fight of his life to win that match at the pay-per-view but to me that's all like if you need the announce team to really like pad out why this person is a star instead of just letting him be a star you're doing something wrong and it i feel bad for him i mean i you know feeling bad is not the right word but they're not doing what i want with him he is a great talker he looks great he's a legitimate athlete They could make a star out of him and instead they let Cody win over him. Um, So that was my bitter part of this match. But I did write down that Lee Johnson continues to impress. And I'm glad that he's getting some attention. But they need to start pushing him. And in the factory, push the younger guys. Like, QT and Cody, I don't really care about your feud, honestly. Give Agogo and Lee Johnson the reins and let them do stuff. Let them fight each other, you know? Like, you don't need to be there. Like, legacy men.
1: QT certainly doesn't. I mean, I get that Cody has, like, a purpose with the company, and you bring him out for things, but I'm so over this feud, so over seeing QT on TV all the time. Like, how is QT getting so many storylines, like, over the last, like, two years? Like, it's it's too much.
2: I mean, I like that he formed his own faction, and, you know, I like that he's trying to go against Cody's family or whatever, um, but, yeah, as far as, like, wrestling goes, I'd rather his faction razzle than and he be, like, kind of a Taz-level leader. Um, but, yeah. Also, the other thing is I, in more bitterness over a GoGo News, um, I thought that they didn't give a good camera angle on his cool frog splash when he broke up one of the, the figure four leg lock where QT was about to tap. He just kind of came into frame out of nowhere. And I'm like, wasted, wasted camera. Or wasted shot. You could have showed how cool that frog splash was. Um, but yeah, sorry. This was mostly me being bitter about a go-go. Uh, Andy, how did you feel?
0: <laughs> I thought Aaron Solo's hair looked cool.
2: It's very blue. I do like that. And it's very, like... It's probably the hu- partly the humidity. <laughs> it's, it's, like, puffing out a little bit because uh, it's Florida and it's, like, probably a thousand degrees out there with... Human levels being very high
0: Yeah uh, So let's see After that The Inner Circle Coming out and uh, We have
1: a Demo God A Spanish God And a regular God That's
0: so what Santana's jacket said Santana's jacket said regular God on it
2: I thought it said regulator
0: Oh it may have said regulator
1: I could have sworn
2: it said regular god. (laughs) You just had god on the (laughs) face, and you're like, there's so many gods standing here. (laughs) And Ortiz's
0: biker jacket said 5150,
1: right? And Hager would not move his arm so that we could read his (laughs) stupid vest.
2: I think his says um I knew what it said. It's not no, I don't know what the side of it says. The back of it says big. Not big Big hurt. Hurt. Did it say big hurt? Big
1: is the Big loss. Oh, big Hoss.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, the side
1: started with R O.
0: I mean, it's a rock something, R O C K something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but that's fine. They came out, gave a big celebratory promo, but they are another. It's another feud that it seems like this must continue because they're not done with the pinnacle. And in fact, uh, in the in the short term. Jake Hager has challenged Wardlow to a fight in an MMA cage, which is going to happen in two weeks on Dynamite. And I'm interested to see what the fuck that means.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, are the rules going to change? Because they've had a cage fight before.
1: <laughs> Octagon control is the only way to win.
2: I hope that's the rule. I hope it comes down to, like, pe- like judges' points. Please have a judge's ruling. I hope so.
0: That'd be great. Um, I think this is where I want to talk about the main event of All Out. So, (laughs) Presumably, Kenny Omega will be defending his title. Now, the question is, is All Out too early for him to lose the title? Uh. Because I think that informs who the opponent is. Because, I would, right, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, well, I was going to say yes, unless somehow Adam Page steps up very quickly.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if he's going to lose the title, I think we've said all along that that should be when Adam Page challenges for it and wins. But I think they should take advantage of the very clear babyface momentum that Chris Jericho has right now and do the third omega jericho match but this time with the roles reversed and you can do that i think that'll draw on pay-per-view people like you know jericho challenging omega and then omega beats him obviously but i think if you want to keep this rolling then i think that's a very viable match for the main event of all out
1: well you gotta wonder how long they want adam page to hold the title because that's going to determine some timing because he announced this week that he and his wife are pregnant. So I'm assuming he would go out on paternity leave, but in about six months or, you know, four to six months, depending on how long he waited to tell people.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's, Right around full gear. Yeah. So it's like, do you only want him to have it for a few months between all out and full gear? Or do you wait until he's back from leave?
0: I mean, I think you could, I think he could, win it, and then take a little time off, like take a month off, like you do an angle where he's the champion, but he gets taken out by whoever his challenger is for when he gets back.
1: Yeah, I just, I think it would be difficult because you'd want you'd want to have him do a big full gear match if he's the title holder. You want the title to be represented on full gear. Now I don't know when his wife is due. But I would think that it would probably be around full gear time frame.
2: So well, maybe you, maybe you give him the title at full gear when well, he comes back. Not there at full gear, mm, then you have to do some scrambling. Yeah. But I would think it'd be better to hope for that than to put it on him early at all out and then take it away from him at full gear. And also, like there, he and Kenny have not crossed paths recently yeah. at all.
0: Right, no. so you'd have to, like, kind of really push right that storyline pretty hard. You can. I'm inclined to say, it should, like, they should just do the Jericho match it all out.
2: I would like that. That's, like, a cool new angle. Especially since Jericho and the Inner Circle are so caught up with the Pinnacle. Just to have, like, kind of a little sideline of that for a minute, where Jericho's, like, you're getting a little too big for your britches there, Kenny. Um,
0: yeah like you can have it you can have the kind of the climax of this pinnacle inner circle feud be jericho finally beating mjf and that gives him a big win to propel him up the rankings and then you time it to where then you're kind of getting into your full gear build and and also i also think that it's it's you know jericho's great but the reality is we can tell that he has started to slow down in the last two years i think um
2: his cardio yeah. is bad.
0: Yeah, so if you don't do this match now, I don't know if the opportunity is going to arise again where people would want to see it in the same way. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think that's a good idea. I support this fantasy booking. I hope it happens.
0: <laughs> Me too. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're low in Hager in an MMA fight in two weeks, whatever that means. Uh, Blood, probably. We get Trent... Uh, narrating a video package of highlights from the uh, triple threat match in the pay-per-view. And uh, the conclusion is that Orange Cassidy is not done with Kenny Omega. Uh, From there, we cut backstage to Kenny Omega and Don Callis, who are... They've been talking about, like, blowing the lid off a conspiracy, but we don't really, like... Find out exactly what that means, and it's Alex Marvez really just wants to talk about the match with Jungle Boy. Which, I don't know if you noticed, Megan, but they moved that match. Because, originally, at the pay-per-view, they said, that match will happen in two weeks on Dynamite. And now, it's on the 26th. Which is well,
2: two two weeks from this
1: time. had tape all over his hand.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that was about. So maybe he got a little hurt. Well, I think, I mean, that's possible, but also, like, the next two Dynamites, um, the ones that are will air on the, let's see, the 12th and the 9th, or the sorry, the 11th and the 18th, they're going to be taped, like, today uh, in front of no fans. So I think maybe they just thought about it and they realized, like, well, that that one on the Saturday the 26th, because that's going to be a prime time, on, at least it's on Saturday, but it's going to be 8 to 10. I think they want that to be a big deal show. And it's going to be a lot bigger deal if Jungle Boy is live in front of fans than just in, like, a, a, a taped match that, you know, you kind of, you know.
2: <clears throat> that, yeah. I mean, that that is a good point. Especially considering the reception he received, like, on this show and the pay-per-view. People, those fans love him.
0: Yes. Um, and uh, pursuant to that, uh, Kenny Omega... States that there's a big difference between being a jungle boy and a jungle man, and an even bigger difference between being a jungle man and a jungle champion. And then he and uh, Don Callis sang the the chorus to uh, Tarzan Boy to Alex Marvez, and then Alex Marvez threw to the arena. And then Tarzan Boy started to play, ushering out Jungle Boy. It was a very good transition. It
1: was as good as Megan's Dynamite Recap transitions.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> and that uh, took us to Jungle Boy and Christian Cage teaming up against Private Party. If you remember, these would be, these would be, uh, well, and Matt, with Matt Hardy out there, this was all of the last five people from the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, Jungle Boy uh, wins, gets the snare trap on... Uh, I think Mark Quinn, yeah, and uh, yeah, just he he keeps he keeps momentum rolling towards his title match against Kenny Omega. How did you feel about uh, Private Party mocking the Edge and Christian pose and uh, and such?
2: I thought that's some good heel work. <laughs> I was very, I was, I I laughed and was a little mad when they first did it and then when they picked up Christian and included him in it I was enraged and I was like okay they got me <laughs> <laughs> I also thought somewhere deep in it's like, like the way um, Dean Ambrose described having Jake the Snake put the snake on his chest on that one show where he was like giddy but trying to play it cool I just pictured Private Party being like oh my god we're doing the five second pose with christian like somewhere deep inside i bet they were like freaking out even as they mock this man so that was fun i like to believe that they were having a hell of a time
0: i at first i thought that the the hardy the matt hardy pairing with private party was weird especially this version of matt hardy um but i just you can tell how much fun they're having getting to work with like presumably a childhood hero because they're just always doing hardy boy poses and uh like the like the dance and like it's they look like they're having a blast
2: yes i'm so happy for them the one downside of this uh hardy family office thing is that they don't get to have their fun outfits anymore (laughs) like they have to wear um what the announce team called club gear but what i thought was more like Nerd, it's like khaki, it's business casual, yeah. It's business casual, sort of more tailored than you know your everyday office person is going to be. Because, I mean, look at those boys, <laughs> look at those arms. <laughs> um, but like they're like they're wearing Gucci belts, they just came from the club, and I'm like, I they look like IT professionals. <laughs> like, like yeah. I mean, like it, it must be, I don't know, it seems like it'd be annoying to wrestle in that gear. It doesn't seem as fun, and um, also, it's totally unrelated to them, but it's Pride Month, and they're some of the most colorful gear out there, and I just thought, you're really subduing them at the time of the year when, like, bright colors and and fun stuff is really on display. So, like, I I feel bad for that aspect of it. They're not as fun-looking, and when they do their club entrance, it's not as impactful.
1: I miss, I miss the velvet rope and yeah. the bouncer, like, letting him in. I miss that entrance. And, yeah, this – okay. I, I'm not sure I've ever been to a club. But,
2: you have and it. it's been a
1: long time since I've been to, like, bars. But I do watch them on all of my Bravo reality shows because lots of those people go to the clubs. No one's dressed like that.
2: No, they're at least uh, three belts short if we're comparing them to – and uh, I don't know. They just—I miss their old gear. I miss the tails. I thought that was those are always fun. And they just—they had a little more creativity with what they could do with the coloring and and the look. And I know Isaiah Cassidy started wearing like fun socks at one point, and now they're just—they're business casual. Yeah,
1: and I'm like a little concerned that Mark Quinn's fly was down too. Like did anyone else like feel like maybe his fly was down
2: i don't know because i was just like he was doing some like magic mic moves out there and i'm just like what is happening (laughs) what is going on
1: it was definitely i I don't know i may have just been traumatized (laughs) by dinner the night before but i do have a psa for everyone out there Uh uh-oh summertime boys you're wearing shorts Please put on underwear if you're wearing shorts. We were having dinner last night and everyone's sitting at like counter height or bar height tables and just like looking off to the side, looking at the scenery. And all of a sudden I see balls and I wasn't OK with it. And so please just everyone
2: wear underwear if you're wearing I shorts. Naked balls.
1: That's saw naked like balls.
2: Arrested Development, like these are balls, sir.
1: <laughs> and I was very concerned. I was about to see Mark Quinn's balls as well. I'm sure he would have been a good boy in wearing underwear, but I I was concerned. So. I mean,
2: for the safety of what he's doing out there, I would think he'd want to contain them. So you're probably you you're probably not going to see him. But wow, what a what a fun dinner dinner and a show. Yeah. Ball Watch 2021.
0: <laughs> okay uh, Megan did you listen to uh, Sandra Gray on AEW Unrestricted
2: Not yet but it's on the list because I gotta know what it was like to work on Total Divas It doesn't come up Unfortunately
0: um, Like at funny. least specifically in the Total Divas context but She does she did uh, You could tell she was a little bit sad That Private Party has switched to Just like regular clothes because there's nothing for her to help or work on (laughs) for them.
2: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I have to believe this won't be their permanent like costuming, but I'm glad that somebody else is like sad by it because I thought, well, this is kind of a petty thing to take away from this match. But it's good to know that Sandra was having fun with her gear, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So backstage, Team Taz standing around. And Taz is really mad that Hangman Page beat Brian Cage in pay per view. And he says that next week, Hangman's gonna have to pick a tag team partner from the Dark Order, and he and that partner are going to fight the machine and the powerhouse, Cage and Hobbs. And this whole time, so like halfway through this, Ricky Starks just kind of is like, Ricky Starks is glaring at Cage, and he just walks off. And Taz kind of looks after him, but then ignores it and keeps going. But Hook, Hook is just staring a hole in Brian Cage the whole time. And after a while, Brian Cage, like, returns the favor. And uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe 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 that's your all-out main event.
2: Team Taz is pissed at each other. Hook's what is going right, right. on? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Was exci- I was so excited. Hook is, Hook's getting closer and closer to, like, doing something, I feel like. <laughs>
2: When, now off air, I I took a guess at who the the Joker would be, and I said Hook just because I thought that would be really fun. But realistically, when do you think this little boy is going to start wrestling?
0: I don't know. Um, I hope soon. I have I have read some rumblings that he's pretty damn good, uh, and but they're really just you know they're just trying to make everything per- you know because it's a you know big shoes to fill. Uh,
2: and, uh, I appreciate their, their ability to tell Stories with long arcs And all that So I, I do I get why he's been held back so far But I I gotta say I'm a little excited for the day When Hook shows up and is like It's time to have a full on match I'm yeah, here. Me too. I <laughs> hope it's a I hope
1: Megan
2: You want those arms out Well I want
1: I want a full torso out I hope it's a shirtless match
2: You're going full doesn't, jetty porn
0: a, a like yeah. yeah I'm
1: hoping it's shirtless
2: <laughs> If Hook were a singlet Like his father he would look like a high school wrestler Great right. It would not be good It would not be a good way to debut So I hope he he goes more I'm a man I'm a man <laughs> I'm over 40 Like oh, a professional man. wrestler <laughs> But I guess we'll
0: see We will see uh, Sting and Darby Allen come out and uh, talk to Tony, and Sting is is very happy to to you know say like hey guys you know this that that match on Sunday here in Jacksonville that right up there with any other moment in my career, and I don't know that I believe him, but I do believe it was probably a pretty special night for him uh, because he did he did look very good in the match. And I'm sure he was pleased with that. Um, but before the celebration could go on too long, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page interrupt. On the video screen, Ethan Page had a little bit of trouble staying in frame, uh, as he was just kind of, like, kept, like, slipping behind Scorpio Sky. Um, (laughs) The gist of this promo was that, yeah, you guys beat us, because Sting is great, but you can't pick a different partner to beat us (laughs) (laughs) with. That's a little weak. Yeah. So, basically, Darby has to pick another partner to fight uh, uh, Page and Sky.
1: Wait, why? Why does Darby have to do that? Because here's the thing, like Page or Ethan, Page. Yeah. Why are there multiple? Why are there so many pages and cages? We need just Sage Undercut to come here, and oh. then like you've got a whole rhyming roster. That would be crazy.
2: And then you could have the Battle of the Ages, and they all just show up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, you are good at fantasy booking, Megan. Thank you. (laughs)
2: Um, I love Scorpio and Ethan. I think that their like shitty heel gimmick is so great. And I love that they dress in like Miami casual, but sort of like more than casual wear, like with their button downs and their Bahama shorts or whatever the hell those things are called. (laughs) I love them. Scorpio is a great talker. Ethan Page is actually a great talker. And I think that the jocks going up, I guess, no, the preps calling yeah. out the goth kids. I love it. Like, this is this is the grade school drama that I'm into. Like, I I loved all of this, and I think that they're a great team, and I'm excited. And I think Darby just being extra sullen and, like, fine. Like, I love it. Give this to me. Feed it to me directly. I will eat it up.
0: When Paige had finished his part of the promo, where he basically said, yeah, but, like, you can't beat us with not staying. Uh <laughs> Uh, Scorpio Sky uh, put a, put a uh, button on it by saying, Wait. Oh, he said, Facts, no printer. Which <laughs> I'd never heard before. Yes. And it, took, and it took me a second, but I was like, That's pretty good. Like, that's a, that's a pretty good thing that a fucking nerd would say. Oh, yes.
1: facts, like a fax machine. I yes. thought you said, like, fact,
0: like, CTS. Well, I mean, I think it's like, that's it's what he cool. wants you to think. Oh. It's like, facts, no printer. but he's talking about facts. Oh. Yeah. He's a
2: child of, he grew up in the 90s, just like us, like, millennial of the 90s. I love it. I love, love, love it. So, yes. This, Definitely
1: prep, not jock, though.
2: You're right. You're right. I said jock because I I panicked and didn't know what the opposite of goth was. But, um, yes, they're preppy. And... Just I love this feud. It's the light, it's the like palette cleanser, super light, super fun thing that's going on amongst all the other stuff in AEW. So I'm excited.
0: Do you think do you think uh Darby will enlist uh his kind of sometimes buddy, the murder hawk monster, Lance Archer, for this tag team match? Oh. Lance
2: you know, isn't doing anything. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like i I'll, I'll take it.
1: That's the back. only
0: other person he's really interacted with much lately.
2: Yeah, I mean, he interacted
1: with Cody back in the day.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. Because I, at the time when I watched this, I was kind of like, okay, so Darby has to find someone. And I didn't really think too much about it. But I think Lance would be up for that. He he demands time to be shown on television. Yes. And so yeah. if Darby yeah. asked him to be on TV. He's really just inhibited by his horrible manager. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and Darby's not. Although Jake,
0: we should be we should be we should give uh, Jake Jake a break this week. A because he wasn't on the show, and B because uh, the Grizzly Smith episode of Dark Side of the Ring aired this week. And oh man, wow, the stuff that Jake went through as a child.
2: <laughs> so, so, I'm super hyped to find out how fucked up his childhood was. That Stark, I um I own it. I don't care. I watch a lot of true crime. This fits yeah. in, but dark side of the ring is not uh available on hulu immediately i i was not able to watch the first episode and it's not on uh discovery plus it's not included
0: you'll have to wait until uh the, the third season's over i guess
2: right yeah like probably a little time after that so i'm a little bitter about that i i really was looking forward to finding out more horrible things about wrestling
0: yeah uh next up dr Britt baker dmd is out for her uh celebration uh she so it started with tony and like a bunch of heels in the ring and i was looking
2: do you want the whole murderers row of the winners that were out there
0: Uh, Yes, because, and I'll let you you rattle them off, but I just want to say. I'm
2: going to let you finish. I'm
0: going to let you finish. I'm I'm going to let you finish. But I did did have the thought when I was looking at the crew of, like, if I was one of these people that they said, like, okay, you come out into this segment, and I looked around at the rest (laughs) of the people, I would be like, fuck, this is my level?
2: (laughs) You thought you were being invited to the cool kids party, and then you get there and you're like, oh, no. It's a nerd oh, party. <laughs> yes, and this nerd party consists of The Wingmen. Hollywood Hunk, Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, Pretty Peter Avalon. Diamante. Yes. Diamante, uh, who I guess is kind of floating around now that um Ivelisse is... I, I don't know what her status is, but it sounded like last She's we gone. heard she... Oh, okay. Last we heard she was causing trouble for herself. Okay. So yeah. Diamante's out there. Nyla Rose and Vicky... The vicious vixens, who I actually really like, but they haven't been utilized. I. Don't they did get center stage though. They did. Um, Chaos Project, those two weirdos, and then TH Two, who I also really like, but um, you know, I guess this is what they're doing now.
0: I just, I just kept thinking, like, what is Jack Evans thinking?
2: <laughs> He's probably Why do they like keep misusing
1: him. Like, they're a great team. They're a great duo. Give them something to do.
2: I, yeah, and I thought when um. And Helico started doing more of, like, uh, the submission wrestling sort of thing, yeah. like, being once more serious. That, once he off, he
1: could move his arms
2: to do submissions. Yeah, you see those abs? Um, I thought once he started being billed as more of, like, a technical wrestler that they were going to do something with their team and or him. And also Jack Evans, like, I don't want him to get left behind. And instead, here they are on this stage with a pile of burgers in front of them.
0: So, yeah, so they did have a pile of burgers. And Dr. Britt Baker came if out. They were
2: specifically Big Macs, which mm-hmm. is
1: Britt's favorite. She right. she tags McDonald's Big Macs a lot
2: in her. Instagram I was space. wondering why the burgers.
0: And she did legitimately receive fifteen hundred Big Mac coupons from McDonald's as a as a like celebration of her title victory. Um, and so I'm glad Jenny told me that, that I didn't know that her her long and storied history with McDonald's. So. Uh, <laughs>
2: No, because um, they clearly weren't legally allowed to say they were McDonald's burgers. Because uh, all she said was, "I got burger coupons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, she um, she I she posts like herself eating a Big Mac or something from McDonald's about every week. I assume on her cheat day. Um, and I think it was maybe a little bit more frequently when she was traveling in the airports.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Now she's just driving for from Orlando yeah. every other week. Um so so Britt comes out, she says, Oh, this is a key, because this this is actually like it was a good call back from earlier in the show because Jericho had told the entire audience that if you look under your seat, you'll find a uh, a stadium stampede 2021 Inner Circle Winners shirt. Um which also, Megan, did you catch Ortiz said that's a lot of t-shirts after that. uh, (laughs) The same thing he said he said it last year when they had the when they had the the
2: surplus and they lost. Now do you think they just reused those shirts? No, this one's just said. Yeah. And I was like, good for them. They they didn't learn from last year. They ordered a buttload of t shirts and this time they applied. (laughs) So that
0: was a a, a deep callback though.
2: I loved it. So great.
0: So so yeah, so they so they provided a t shirt under every under every seat. And similarly, Britt said when she when she got on the microphone, you know, to help me celebrate my, my victory, if you all look under your if you all look under your seats, they're attached to the bottom of your seats, there's burger coupon for everyone. And and then she's just like, Oh, that's right, they're right here and she like lifted up a, a, a serving platter and they were there and she said, Because I'm the one who did all the work and you didn't do anything and you don't deserve anything.
2: And I am going to eat fifteen
0: hundred index <laughs> myself. Yep. If
2: someone told me I had a coupon for a free burger and then they snatched it out of my hand, I would be
0: pissed. Me too. <laughs> uh, so, she she asks that she says that like, but two people can join her in a burger toast. It's the two people who deserve to. It's Tony and Rebel. She said Rebel. So I wonder she- if Reba's done.
2: She finally like came full circle and <laughs> finally yeah. learning her name. So this is her face turn, the beginning of it.
0: They all take a burger and they're about to they're about to chow down. And then Nyla Rose comes up from behind, flips the, the tray, starts throwing burgers out to the crowd, uh Ew. Like, pops a bunch of balloons. Just I don't know what those balloons did to her. But <laughs> I uh, like
2: that she could use her nails. She just full on yes. like clawed them. Great.
0: That was really great.
2: That's tiger style.
0: She So she had a big blotch on her leg. Is that a birthmark or is that a bruise? Did you um, see?
2: I don't know. I didn't see it. How high up was it? Because generally she has the, the front panel that kind of hides her leg.
0: Uh, well maybe, maybe she's just like a big birthmark or something. But yeah, she looked like... It just was a big big kind of like blotchy thing on her leg. I just wondered. Um, yeah, so that looks to be it's probably her first title program against, against
2: uh, Nyla. I think that makes sense, but also this is, like, the well they go to every time there's a title defense. <laughs> like, Nyla Rose, remember that one time when she was really close to winning against Riho, and now she's the one who's always sort of perpetually on the back burner for that? And not this is not me dragging Nyla so much as, like, aren't there a lot of other people in the division now who legitimately could challenge? Do you need to... Take Nyla and sort of um, jungle boy, boy her in the way where, like, you know she's not going to win, but you're going to make her do this. Well, she
1: did win that one time. She got the she,
2: title she did. for a while. She did. And I, I'm fine if Nyla wins the title eventually. I just don't think realistically against Brit right the second the second Brit gets it that she's going to. And it's like they always go to Nyla first. And then she loses, and then they, you know, continue on. So, like, why, why can't we pull up some other people? What, you know?
1: Where's my Penelope Ford for a bigger match? She
2: is probably supporting Kip, who I assume is still dead from when Miro <laughs> threw him against some lockers. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, where's Penelope? Why isn't Chris Statlander in the mix? Um, Red Velvet is doing some, making some moves, doing some stuff. Like, we've got legitimate ladies other than the original group. Great. Yeah, or, other yeah. the original considerations for the title where you don't necessarily need to throw Nile in the mix just to make her lose right away, <laughs> you know? That's my question. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail
0: uh, you. Fine. I've got to figure that they're going to go back to Thunder Rosa and Brett for a for a proper title feud. Um and in fact Thunder Rosa is right now ranked the number 1 contender. Uh you've also got Ty Conti in there as number 2. Nyla's third, Hikaru Shida is down to fourth. How one
1: is loss. Hikaru Shida down to four after one loss?
2: Because she lost and...
1: to, oh well, Britt she was, was
2: the title like, holder. Her... Because these rankings make no sense.
0: And legit Layla Hirsch is is now up to fifth in the rankings. It's her first her first time in the huh. rankings.
2: Oh, nice. I, I wish she made it on 12... Dynamite more.
0: She is twelve and three in
2: twenty twenty one. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. I guess I should mention, I watched Dark this week because it was kind of like an old Dark because it was only five. It was like five matches and less than an hour long. It was good. It was, I, had, I, had, I had fun.
2: That, I mean, that sounds good. That, yeah. that has all the components of a Dark that I would want to watch.
0: And they taped it on Saturday at the Fan Fest. So there were like a thousand people in, in the building, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Pac and Penta interrupting an Eddie Kingston interview. By saying, we don't want your help. We didn't ask for your help. And Eddie says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Why don't you let that marinate a little bit? And uh, and I guess it marinated enough because we did find out later that next week it'll be Eddie Kingston, Pack, and Penta against the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Which is quite a match. Yeah. Um, um,
2: I do love that they brought up the complicated history of... Eddie Pack and Penta, which was like, "Thank you for reminding us." And I couldn't remember if Penta was his best friend or the one he hated.
1: Penta was his best friend, and he didn't like Ray Phoenix.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, next up.
1: But then he got Penta to pull off Ray Phoenix's
0: mask. Dick. Next up, we got the Bunny versus the aforementioned Red Velvet, who I'm surprised is not in the rankings right now but uh maybe she will be after this week as she got the win on red velvet with a spin kick not a not a lot to this one but it was decent
2: i yeah i think red velvet is showing herself to be like good you know she she was good as jade's opponent to begin with um she's obviously doing stuff on dark and all the shows i don't watch because she's a enough of a record to be doing things. She was like
0: like 14 and two coming into this somehow.
2: Yeah. I, I saw the numbers and was like, okay, rankings mean nothing. Um, (laughs) But I thought, I thought it's good to see her. And also the bunny. Um, She never gets to do things. And I guess since the butcher is injured, the blade can't really do stuff on his own, so they've shifted to the bunny, and I really like her like, maniacal, evil lady character she's got going, because she seems very good at being mean, and it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I think Red Velvet has a lot of poise for someone uh, so inexperienced.
2: Yeah, she she really does, and um, there was one moment when I thought she was going to die in this match, um, where she did like a flip slash topé to the outside, and it looked like she landed on her head in a way that was very dangerous, uh, but she didn't because she yes. got back up.
0: <laughs> it was it was like that um, that Trish Stratus or that Lita. It was almost like that Lita topé onto Trish Stratus from that one Raw match where she like scorpioned. Uh, it oh. if, so it's it was, it was weird because Red Velvet. The way she landed, she was actually totally fine, but she she over rotated. Yes. But she over rotated enough that she ended up like flipping over completely and being okay. If she hadn't, if if it had been like a degree difference, I think she might have like like broken her neck or something.
2: Yeah, but it's it still looked very like when I watched that, I was like, oh my god, she's she's dead. Um, Yeah, but she bounced back up. Yeah, Yeah, it was very scary for like a second, but she she did it. Um, So I don't know. I think Red Velvet is really, really coming along as far as uh, an upcoming count in AEW. And that's good because there should be more women, just like with the men that suddenly show up on Dynamite, that Tony Khan is like, yes, I am giving these guys my nod of approval. I want to see more ladies coming up from the dark that I don't watch and surprising me. So I, I was into it.
0: Uh, Next up, we had John Silver backstage, Dark Order, celebrating his birthday. Negative 1 was even there. I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. Um, But Silver said that, uh, you know, Johnny's hungry not just for cake, but uh, also for the TNT title. And he's been given an opportunity to challenge Miro, but he's still not cleared. So he is gifting his title shot to Evil Uno, who says that he will, you know, He'll do. He'll do. He'll do the Dark Order proud, and he'll he'll take that TNT title home. Uh, cut to Miro, and he thanks God for uh, making him so powerful, and then he gives a special shout out to his wife for being hot.
2: Thank you, God, for my power, and my wife for being hot. <laughs> it's like the best best thing I've ever heard. It was
0: amazing. It was very good. And he he basically just says that you you know like evil Uno you, know, you you fight you're gonna fight with bring bring emotion into this fight and I have no emotion I have no feeling I'm just gonna destroy you so I love Miro's promo so much
2: <laughs> yeah he's such a monster character it's great it, and the the look of confusion on his face when he's like why would you Challenge me when you feel like you can win, but you know you can't, because I'm clearly stronger and better than you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, And then finally, our main event, a bullrope match. Nick Camarado, Mr. Freak Beast himself, taking on Dustin Rhodes. And what a fool, what a fool to challenge the master of the bullrope match.
2: Yeah, I wrote down because there are so many. Dustin Rhodes undefeated in the well, bull Well, did you match.
0: did you see in the stat? No. It they had his record in bull rope matches on his Chiron. How it's many? a Dustin Rhodes career record in bull matches: fourteen and one.
2: Good lord! Where are there fourteen bull rope matches? Like I don't when know. Did like, those so happen.
0: I my my thinking. I have not researched this. Maybe I should do some research. But my thinking was. Okay, maybe in WWF at some point or in WCW, he did a house show program where they just did like bull rope matches around the horn. Uh-huh. And that, like, because I've seen, I have seen a few Dustin Rhodes bull rope matches on television, but certainly not 15. So, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: that's when they said like undefe- undefeated in bull rope matches, I was like, well, of course, like if you only have one or two, <laughs> yeah. That's not really an impressive stat. But, to hear that there have been legitimately 15... Wait, you said 14 and 1? I thought he was I undefeated.
0: Think, I, I think he was... No. It, it said, if he said undefeated, then they were contradicting what the uh, the graphics said.
2: They did, because they said, coming into this, Dustin Rhodes is undefeated in Boro matches.
0: Oh, okay. I well, mean, maybe
2: they, they mean AEW ones. I don't know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. But... Uh, Dustin, I guess he's now 15 in one of the Bull row matches because he beat Nick Camarado, who did who did some big juice in this match. And uh, I don't know. It was it was fine, I guess. You could you could kind of tell the crowd was just like tired and because it was midnight.
2: I mean, <laughs> I was gonna ask your thoughts specifically because I don't think this match was for me, and I I went into it in with a cynical mindset. And kind of the attitude of, like, I'm not going to like this. And then all I did was fuel that fire. And so um, I was snarky the whole time about how I didn't care about this and how stupid I thought it was. But, like, you, legitimately, a man that loves big man matches and also gimmick matches that our old school Dusty Rhodes joins. Like, what, like, do you think this was a good match and the and the crowd was tired? Or do you think that they had a fair non-response to what was happening, because to me, I was like, the crowd's not into it because I think it's dumb.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't... I think it was probably worked fine for one of those matches, but, like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of use for that kind of match, and... I... I don't know, man. Like, it was, it was, it was like... It was, a, it was definitely probably, like, the worst main event in Dynamite history, but also like, how many people really saw it. I have a feeling that they programmed the show that way to, to like, to to peak with, like, kind of not much of a peak uh, just because of the timing. But, yeah, that's why I kind of feel like, in general, they kind of punted on this week for some reason.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought this is the main... Like, I kept thinking they were going to announce something more exciting. I'm like, I'm clearly missing something. And then all of a sudden this match was happening and it was like, this is the main event. And I thought, on, an, on a typical episode of Dynamite, this is not the main event. This is this is not what you end with. There's no stakes and it's stupid. <laughs> but, you know, like, then I thought maybe you're just being a dick about it. Um, I do think I felt a little bad for Nick Camaroto because this is his his big match to start, Dynamite, you know? And he was not really set up to succeed. No.
0: But,
2: and I think he's capable of better, you know?
0: He had the one big spot where he got to kick out of one, at one of um, the first, like, big shot to the head with the cowbell. But then I thought, like, oh, he's going to win. But then he lost. <laughs> yeah. And Dustin, like, Dustin kind of, like, I thought, I thought maybe Dustin was supposed to hog tie him to, so he could pin him, but he didn't really do it. He just kind of like half-assed wrapped the rope around him and, and, and pinned it that way. It just, yeah, it didn't look good.
2: Yeah, I, I was kind of just like, man, Nick Camarado, you got a go-goed. The, the factory is really getting shut down in a way that's a little unfair.
0: Yeah, I think they'll probably get their, their comeback here pretty soon, but I don't know if I'm going to care by that point.
2: I, just, I feel like when you have young talent coming up and Nick Camarado looks, he has such an 80s look, but in a way that I think for nostalgic people, he would scratch an itch, you know, to put him out there and have this be like his big first dynamite match and his big main event. And this is what you give him. It, it just seems like, you know, a failure on on their part, not his part.
0: Right. So that was dynamite. Next week, we're same time slot, Friday at uh, 10 o'clock. We've got a TNT Championship match with Miro versus Evil Uno. As I mentioned before, the Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Penta Pack and Eddie Kingston. And Hangman Page has chosen Ten of the Dark Order to take on Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs, which makes sense because Ten is is big.
1: Just (laughs) as Anna J
2: has chosen Ten.
0: That's right. Yeah. What
2: if, what if Adam chose Anna, J? Yeah. What if she came back? I mean, it, would like, fit
0: within, it would fit within the parameters. Okay. Let's talk about... I saved this for last because I feel like we always have the most fun with this. and I hate to say it because it's about people who have just lost their jobs. But WWE, uh, they did it again uh, with their record profits and, <laughs> and all that yeah. great stuff. Uh, they have released seven more... Pieces of talent. Word is that more could be to come, but this is what we have right now. And let's just talk about them. I'll just I'll name them off real quick at first. Uh, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Murphy, Ruby Riot, and Santana Garrett. Uh, so, Megan, Jenny, what do you think? Braun Strowman, any 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 inkling that he could be all elite in a couple months? Does he seem like he would fit in in any way? Could you see it? I
2: think AEW is so versatile that technically he probably could. I don't think that I can slot him into any specific program. Like he's he's a big guy. That's his deal, right? Like, yeah, he's big.
0: He's so big that he'd make all their other big guys look small.
2: That's probably not what you want. He, yeah, that that's not much of a seller. I and admittedly, like I don't think I've seen much of Braun Strowman outside of that match with Brock, where Brock was like, "Settle down," and then kicked him in the face or something. Yeah. Um, so, like, I maybe I'm not a good judge, but he just seems like I don't know his skill level, and he his appeal seems to be that he's big. I, I think they could pass.
0: He got he got very very over about three years ago, and. You know, WWE being the superior star-making machine that it is, uh, totally blew it. And uh, and to the point that he's now been released. But, uh, I mean, this is a guy he, uh, he headlined. He, he was in one of the WrestleMania world title matches last year. So,
1: But you said that he was discovered by Mark Henry, and now Mark Henry's at AEW. That's Which true. Do you think he'll try and I don't There's think he should, there. but.
0: I don't know. They are definitely not going to be willing to pay him what WWE was paying him. Um, which I believe was in the neighborhood of 1.5 a year. Ooh. Oh my god! Um, so there's no way he's going to get that in AEW. Um, and he was not. I mean, you know, like I don't think he was ever worth that much as far as like his effect on business. Did he start
2: out as a rosebud?
0: Yes, he did. Yeah. So okay. he's you know he came up he came a long way, but I, yeah. So and I, I feel like a guy like him who's only ever worked WWE. And is used to getting paid huge, huge money to be a pro wrestler. Is probably going to scoff at, you know. The indies? The indies and, and like, you know, like New Japan. I'm sure New Japan would love to bring him in because they love big foreigners. But they're not going to want to pay him anything near what he wants to, you know.
2: Yeah. You know, in these scenarios, I really hope that somebody, like a financially minded person, has taught these people. Much like like young college football players who go to N- the NFL, teach them to sock away that 1.5 mil you can live no, off I, that
0: shit I, and i think he has i think he's been smart with his money i think he's invested well in all that stuff but it's just that i don't think i'm just saying like he was not like he's not a guy who came up from the indies and has this like abiding love for pro wrestling that goes back you know 20 years He was a guy who was like winning strongman competitions and then got recruited and after making such big money in pro wrestling, I just don't see him taking a contract for like one third of that to work for AEW.
2: Yeah, you gotta have the love of the game. Maybe he'll just go back to being a strongman.
0: He's a little—he's getting a little old for that. Uh, for that, unfortunately, maybe uh, they have a masters division for strongmen.
2: I—I <laughs> I honestly have no idea except that they like pull a truck or something. <laughs> like that's what I know of strongmen.
0: <laughs> I, so, I mean, ultimately, I think he'll be able to work anywhere he wants, but it's just a matter of
1: well maybe he he doesn't need like a full-time contract maybe he'd be better as like a
0: special appearance kind of guy Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like maybe he can make more money that way by doing that and i
0: think that's the case and also i think it's entirely possible that like wwe ends up bringing him back oh really yeah because it's just you know like they're always gonna there's always gonna be like oh shit we don't have a main event for this pay-per-view or like oh no we've got another Saudi show and the the, the Murder Prince once uh once once and back
2: oh god the Murder Prince uh yeah i i guess like there is that dividing line between people who like would literally do this if they were paid a dollar every match and then the people who didn't care that much and were brought in cuz they look a certain way so if he's not in the first group
0: have- and to be clear i have we're not saying we're not casting any aspersions on those people
2: no i'm yeah. just saying like your motivations are different if you're yeah. in the first group yeah. then you literally will just you will do it for the love of the game or whatever and if you're in the second group like you said maybe if he can't get an equal contract then he will just go find something else to do because he get doesn't it. care that much you know like yeah. and that's totally fine it just um if that's the case then Definitely, I don't see him in AEW. And, like, just programming-wise, I don't know why they need another giant man.
0: Now, somebody who is in a very different boat, uh, I believe, uh, Alistair Black.
2: Oh, please come to AEW.
0: So, uh, looks like he's going to be going under his old, empty name of Tommy End uh, on on the outside. And he is... I think he's, like, a guy that AEW... Has to try to bring in, like absolutely. He's he is the perfect kind of wrestler for their style and for their audience. Yes, yes, yes. he I, is like part of that like kind of peak NXT, you know, landscape of of like three years ago.
2: I love Alistair Black. I love his. He learned the Shawn Michaels drama school <laughs> stuff. I love that so much. Um, and just he he clearly like he's good at the MMA like didn't he do like Muay Thai training and stuff like that like he he seems he seems like he has um a variety of styles that he could work with and they just brought in Andrade and I know that that was a feud back in the day and I'm not saying retread it but like if you're not gonna let Andrade beat the crap out of Cody which you should um then what if Aleister Black shows up and is like hey I followed you to this new company I hate you still (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, like that would be fun. I'd watch that. I just, I think Alistair Black is versatile and great, and I want to see more of him, and I always really liked him in NXT, and it really bummed me out when he got pulled up to the main roster to literally die on the vine because they don't know what to do with him.
1: Yeah, I think he's great. I think he'd do great here. I mean,
2: I'd prefer to have Ricochet, but... <laughs> he's still employed, <laughs> I think, is the problem.
0: And, you know, if they have Andrade... And they have Tommy End. It seems crazy that they wouldn't at some point have Selena Vega.
2: Right. Yes, get her in there. Yeah.
0: And uh, somewhat related to that, uh, next up on our list is Lana.
1: I think they're going to bring Lana in because, I mean, Rusev's there. I loved Lana and Rusev
0: together. Well, Megan's going to have some different feelings. I don't
1: want to see Lana wrestle, to be clear. Like, (laughs) this is, like, the one – I'm always touting, like, oh the – let the the women like coaches or managers, whatever, do more wrestling. Like Penelope Ford, I think should be wrestling, not, you know, being. Yeah, valet. I think. Kip but Lana's be the valid. opposite. Lana was a great character worker. Like she she could emote. She could do great promos. She was funny. She was she's a great sidekick. Now Lana as a wrestler never really I. Eye- i haven't seen in years it but click. it didn't seem like it was clicking years ago so
2: I, I feel bad for what wwe did to lana as a wrestler which it sounded like when mira left um essentially had her go through tables for a very long time oh. which sucks um but here here is where i differ and i know you're not it's not going to be a popular opinion with jenny but um like, we just got Miro starting to be a badass, and I really think that although I like the two of them together, I I want him to be his own character for at least a little bit. Like, I think it's weird to bring her in and then do not the exact same as WWE, but essentially the same where, like, now Lana's valeting him around, because I also don't really want to see her wrestle. No offense, Lana, you just, that was not your strength. Your character work was awesome. Your strength was not wrestling. So, in that sense, I think if they brought her in, she'd be very connected to him. And I just feel like he needs a run on his own. Because he's doing great. And, I don't know. It's it's a little samesy to bring her in.
1: So, but I don't think they would do, like, the Russian accent. I, I don't think they would do that.
2: Well, no, but just even. Even like this is my husband, like this I'm valeting him. To me, is like I don't know. It's like Miro, Miro has just developed his own wings. Let him fly a little, <laughs> you know. Before you, before you then bring in the the common denominator of his last company. And I'm not saying I'm against it forever. I just think it's really early on, and so to bring her in in that capacity would be weird. And you couldn't really bring her in in another because everyone knows thank you internet like that they're their husband and wife and it would be even weirder to try to pretend like sh- to put her with someone else or to have her do something else and pretend like they just like never interact you know
1: so what if, so she, she'll have like probably a three-month waiting period do you think we can bring her in in three months do you think he'll have flown enough on
2: his own in three months i don't know collect some belts mero that's all i'm saying like I, uh, what do you yeah, think I'm,
0: Andy I'm I'm ambivalent I mean if they can think of a good way to bring her in yeah but I don't I don't just want a retread of the pairing
1: I loved I, I, I'm going to be honest that's like one of the very few things I actually enjoyed about WWE was like the Lana Rusev pairing and the Nikki and John Cena pairing so like I am I'm all in for this I, I, so I know that's the unpopular opinion
2: but well, what you're saying is you want a total divas Yes! <laughs> so, like, but that's, you know, that's that's a different vibe than, like, the wrestling program. That's all I'm saying. Because if she came in to be, like, on a reality TV show, sure, I'll watch that. I, I have no issue with that. I just think program-wise for AEW, it's a little weird to immediately bring her in to, to work with Miro. And I think he could do more stuff without her right now.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that, but... It would be three months. So like that'll be after the next pay per view. That'll be, you know, like I yeah. do like what he's doing now though. I do agree with you, Megan, that he's doing a great job now. I just Yeah.
2: I like that he's his own person in this company. And I just, you know, good or bad, I think when you bring the wife in, it it comes with something. Or the husband, you know, either way. I think if Renee had come in with Moxley would they like working together probably sure but also then it just brings up wwe feelings you know like like when they move companies give them time to like establish yourself in this company as your own people the same way as if renee jumped shipped, i'd want her to establish herself and not be like oh that's that's dean ambrose's wife you know
0: it will have been about a year since Miro came to AEW by the time she's able to even do this, though.
2: True, but he was saddled with being Kip's best man for most of that time. They
1: could have done such—I was so excited about that, and then they just fucked that all up. Now, what do you guys
0: think of Justin Shapiro's big pitch that the all-out match be uh, CJ and uh, Miro versus Kip and Penelope? Oh,
1: I'm all in for that. (laughs)
2: yeah see I I was like very into that but I also said like to do that you don't necessarily need to sign her she just shows up and is like I'm Miro (laughs) you know like uh, Miro's been coming home and talking about how much of a dick you are and I hate you and Penelope you suck too you know like you don't need a big long storyline to make that fly like I don't need an arc of how they hate each other it makes total sense to be like I'm the wife of Miro you're the wife of Kip we're mad at each other Kip you're the husband of, you know, Penelope Miro. You're the husband of uh, hey. CJ. Why don't you, <laughs> you know, you hate each other? That that is like the easiest to boil down without any buildup. Makes sense.
0: It's true. Uh, next up is Murphy. Who, I mean, Megan. I feel I feel like your your knowledge of Murphy is probably contained entirely to Buddy Murphy, like Murphy and uh, oh, what was his partner's name?
2: Oh shit! Um, Blake,
0: Blake Wesley Blake.
2: Blake and Murphy. Yeah. But also Murphy had a run on Two of Five Live, which nobody watched, but I did for like a a second. Okay,
0: so you you got to see some of that, being yeah. Like Buddy Murphy Cruiserweight King uh, stuff.
2: Buddy Murphy, like, holy shit! I didn't know you actually were good at it.
0: Yeah. Now here's the thing: when I watched Buddy Murphy matches, because some of them would get recommended, because he was very good and he was having great matches. So I would like go on the network and just like watch a buddy Murphy made event from 205 Live. He just started wrestling exactly like Kenny Omega. Like including he does like a million V-triggers in every match.
2: So he's so, not <laughs> here. I don't know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I mean he's he's really good, he's talented, but um I just I don't think he could I think he'd have to find some new moves.
2: <laughs> or he and Kenny, he could come in and Kenny could be like, it's time. One of us has to stop using the V-trick,er.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see some. I forget. I forget who I was listening to, but somebody suggested that uh, Buddy Murphy could become like the new Nakazawa. Like, like he could be like Kenny's many me, who like that's that's the new like. Miss Dow. Yeah, that's the new like mid-level oh, boss you have to get through before you get to get a shot at Kenny.
2: We don't need another Michael
0: Nakazawa. We'd be I think he'd than be. Yeah,
2: I think he'd be like. Maybe a level up,
0: and Jim, that, you have no idea who this I is. I have really no good. idea who this
2: is. Okay, that would be okay with me. Um, because weirdly, he did seem talented. I never thought you really saw it in NXT, <laughs> but when he got onto a five live and did his own thing, thought he was good. So, uh, I wouldn't be against him showing up, and if they do the thing you just proposed, I would be excited about him showing up. So, I don't know. Give me a mini Kenny or a battle that eventually ends to a battle to the death of like who gets to use the V trigger moving forward.
0: Uh, next on the list, Ruby, Wright.
2: I am pro her showing up. This women's division needs all the talent it can get. She's talented. Bring her in.
0: Yes. The former uh, Heidi Lovelace of the Indies. Uh I think Judging by the outpouring of love that I saw for her on social media after her release, I have a feeling that she would be a good influence on any locker room.
2: Good. That makes me feel good that she's a good person. Um, Part of me is like they probably cut her because she doesn't look like Vince likes. Uh, Because beyond that, I thought she and um, her Riot girls were doing... I thought they were like a fairly prominent group on, on the main shows. So my
1: issue was that I couldn't tell that group apart from the other group that was exactly like them.
0: The page group. Yeah.
1: yeah. That, was, I, I, that it was so. I, I don't know why they did that to themselves.
0: Page was Paige's group was her, Sonya, and Mandy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, now now. As so as who was as, in
1: Ruby Riot's group? Uh,
0: Liv Morgan and um, uh, Sarah Logan.
2: Okay, I I think Gordon and Mandy look almost exactly alike. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Ruby
1: Riot and Paige
2: both had like the goth kind of look going, if I remember correctly. It was a goth, a blonde, and then an other. So, but I also thought that both those groups were featured fairly heavily to the point where like it kind of surprised me she got released.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. No surprises, no releases surprise me anymore because I don't know what the hell they're doing. But um, uh, I, I think like it would have to be like somebody at the level of a Randy Orton to get released that I'd be like, what? But <laughs> I mean, anything yeah, short of that is like, okay, yeah, well, I guess they are cleaning house again for whatever reason.
2: You're right. They have so many people under contract. It's just still... So, sometimes when those mid-card, mid-to-high cards, I'm like surprised, but you're right. I guess a true surprise would be Oops, Ra- Randy Orton no longer works here. You know.
0: Like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, I hope they bring her in. Uh, and the final name, Santana Garrett. Um, are either of you familiar with her?
2: Mm-mm. No
0: idea. So she made a couple of appearances on NXT TV. I think she was in one of the Mae Young classics. She was weird. She was. She had a name on the Indies before signing with WWE, and they barely ever used her on NXT TV because I think the idea was she was always just like. Oh, she's, like, a project for for the main roster. So we're, we're just going to, like, wait until we have a spot for her. Which is actually, like, weirdly, like, that's the same thing they did with Braun Strowman. He never really appeared on NXT TV, much as himself, outside of the Rosebud. Um, he was just, like, training in the Performance Center until they were ready to bring him up. Uh, and so she got put on the list for moving up to TV imminently. And she was on it for a few weeks, apparently, and didn't get used, and then got cut, <laughs> which is the identical thing that happened to Vanessa Bourne last month when she got cut.
2: That's so weird. Well, Vanessa Bourne like actually had storylines and did stuff in NXT.
0: No, she did. I'm just saying that she was on that. Like she was on the, the, the move she was moved up. to the she was like in the batter's box, basically, or the uh, the, um, the batter's box, the the dugouts so They were, like waiting to, you know, waiting to move up.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I i, mean, I I've heard.
2: I've heard her name I just I don't think I've ever Seen her do anything so I don't is she good Because again like at this point The women's division Can always use more talent Her
0: reputation reputation Is of being good I, I Can't say that I've seen enough of her to Have a really good idea of that but I guess We'll see we'll see what I'm sure she'll pop up on like I think she did, like, Shimmer and stuff before, and she'll probably do Shimmer and stuff again,
2: so... Okay, well, like, yeah. I, if she's good and she's not a jerk, I would say, yeah, bring her in. The women's division uh, is much more, I think, open to new talent than the men's. With the men's, I feel like they've got a lot of storylines and stuff going on, and you have to find a way to slot that person in. But with the women's, let's just build up that roster. Like, get more people in, get more challengers to the belt. Let's get more people you can put on dynamite agreed
0: yeah so yeah that's kind of big news uh always fun to speculate about these kinds of things uh sorry to everyone who got released but you know it's a competitive industry out there right now i mean i think they'll all land on their feet if they if they they want to continue yeah
2: it sounds stupid but there's never been a better time to be fired from wwe i think
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so i think that will do it for us for the week then uh, we'll be back next Saturday to cover another one of these Friday night dynamites. Hopefully, it'll have—I uh, don't know—maybe structured a little better. Like, <laughs> we we'll Maybe see. they'll
2: have a direction they want to go in.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, just just like something. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, this was not the best week for dynamite for sure. But uh, we'll talk about that next week. And until then, for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy and. Thanks for listening to the Elite Beat. E,
1: Elite Beat, E, E, Elite Beat.